uh, Pastor Kevin talked about it. He said that we're starting our series called The Nature of God. And as he so eloquently spoke on last week, he talked about how at the end that we can, if we're not careful, we can clog up our ability to have God's blessings freely flow. And so as I was pondering and meditating on this and thinking about the nature of God, I, I, I've learned something in my, in my personal walk with God that sometimes, oftentimes, many of us, we're not able to really receive the, the positive aspect of God's nature because of the condemnation that we've heaped on ourselves. Okay. It's, it's going to be a little tough, but that's cool. We're prepared for it this morning. You have to understand something about God. God wants to give you life and give you life more abundantly. He doesn't want you to walk around with a facade as if everything is well, but secretly, deep down inside, eternally, things are broken. And uh, we've mastered this, this masquerade ball that we can put forth in images as if we love God and all is well. But deep down inside, we're struggling uh, if God really loves us. Is that anybody want to be honest this morning and wave your hand and say, that's been me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, 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 the hands that went up, they, those were the ones that were honest, but some of the other ones, they, they've mastered it so well that they, they kept their hands down because they don't want anybody to think that they're struggling if God has redeemed them or restored them or made them whole because of the mistakes that they've made. So they put forth this face, and this face that they're walking with has fooled so many people. But how many of you know that God has the ability to look beyond the mask? And this morning, my, my, my prayer, my desire is that we don't just have a service, but we have an opportunity to encounter with God that if there's something that is hitting within us, if there's something that we're struggling with, Abba Father, his arms will be open. He'll welcome us back into his arms. He said he's coming running with a ring and a robe that signifies the authority and the power that you possess because of who you belong to. And so my, 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 my only goal today is this, that you don't leave out of here with your mask, but you'll cast it at the altar. The first, the first song said, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide, but many of us have gotten to a place that we're so concerned with what people think about us when we come before God's presence broken that we'll stay back hidden and just a mess. We'll, we'll rather fool people to make people think that all is well because we're worried about what they're going to say about us if we come and we're humble before God. And then God's greatest work can't be done because we're in a place that we're trying to trick God who knows all things. So let's go to Psalms 103. Pastor, I told you I was excited this morning. Let's go to Psalms 103. It's a long, lengthy passage of Scripture. I know our last series, we, we, we read 1 Corinthians 13, and Pastor challenged many of you guys to uh, memorize it. But, but I want you to listen to the nature of God in this passage of Scripture. It's kind of lengthy, but I, I, I believe each and every last verse has purpose. And, 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 and when there's a verse or there's something that speaks to you in your personal testimony— I dare you begin to clap your hands or shout or give God glory or give God praise as a sign to other people that if God did it for you, he can do it for them. You, will you commit to that? Verse 1 says, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. I will I, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he's done for me. So those are only people that can testify that God has done some good things. Let's read verse 2 again. 
let all that I am praise the Lord. Uh, may I never forget the good things that he's done for me. Uh, we, we're, we're getting there. Let me never forget the good things that he's done for me. Can, can I just uh, 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 go, go ahead and go into it? Many of us, we only celebrate the good things that God has done for us when we feel like we've measured up to the expectation of God. But when you know that you've not done everything that God has done it for uh, called you to, but you still have a testimony that God was good in spite of, that should begin to elicit a different type of praise. So now when I read verse 2, when you, when you think about the times that you know you shouldn't have deserved it, but yet God still did it, that's the type of praise that I want you to give the Lord this morning. Verse 2 again says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things. That he's done for me. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. Now watch this, y'all. This is, this is the purpose and this is the title. God is redeeming. He, his nature, the nature of God is he's a redeeming God. He said, for he forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. And verse says, four says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My, my youth is renewed like the eagles. And uh, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who uh, are treated unfairly. Have anybody ever been untreated unfairly? But God is still righteous. He, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel, and the Lord is compassionate. Has the Lord been compassionate to anybody? Ha, has the Lord been merciful to anybody? Ha, has the Lord not been quick to get angry because of something you've done? Has he, has he continued to love you in spite of your flaws? I, I'm just reading verse number eight. It says that the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Watch this. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remind us, remain angry forever. Verse 10 says he does not punish us for all of our sins. And, and then it says he does not deal harshly with us. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of heaven above the earth. He has removed our sins uh, as far from us as the east is to the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are, and he remembers that we are only dust. He remembers how weak we are. And he remembers that we are only dust. So, Pastor, why such a dramatic pause? It's because many of us, in spite of our shortcomings or our flaws, we've gotten to a place that we've put God into a box that we feel like if we don't check every box, if we don't dot every I or don't cross every T, that, that God has such a kindling anger towards us. See, somebody's walked in that before. 
And some of us that have the mask on, we, 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 we believe that, but, but, but our mask is so perfect that, that, that we try to pretend as though we've never made a mistake and we, we, we forget that we're merely dusk and we're weak. But ain't it good that God's never forgotten that? <laughs> I, I, I say, ain't it good that God has never forgotten that? Our days on the earth are like grass and the wildflowers. They bloom and they die and the wind blows and uh, we are gone and as though we have never been here. But the Lord's love remains forever for those who fear him. His salvation extends to his to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, to those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. And from there he rules everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels. I think that's why Chris had to pause and talk about how grateful he was that you were still able to lift up hands. Because some of us came here with some issues and problems, but yet we still lifted up our hands and said, God is still amazing. And, and so we praise God, praise the Lord, everything that has, he has created, everything in his kingdom. And then the last part simply says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. Now, for a few minutes, for a few minutes, I, I, I want to try to paint a picture. And I'm, I'm not uh, here too long to, to stand before you, but I want you to understand something that the Lord is doing. The Lord is trying to take us to a place that he can truly commune with us in honesty and in openness. God doesn't desire for us to have this one-sided fake relationship where we feel like the only time we can come before him is when we've measured up to man's expectations. Because if you're not careful, people around you will cause you to think that the only time that you can commune with God is that when you're walking the straight and narrow, when you're uh, doing everything that God has called you to. But the Bible declares that he's married to the backslider. Yeah, he, he's married to the backslider. And, and any married people in here, lift your hand up if you're married, even if you're not. Well, yeah, if you're happy. I was going to say, even if you're not happy. But listen to this. Listen to this. If you're married, if you're married, how many married people would not go home to their significant other? If you're married, how many would not go home to their significant other? Everybody would go home, right? Now, watch this. I said he was married to the backslider. Okay. I promise you, Tuesday, Tuesday when you're drinking your cup of coffee, you're going to say. But see, the reason why some of us couldn't get it because we, we, we've gotten to a place that we, we, can't, we can't see that there's areas in our lives where we sometimes backslide. And, and, and because we can't see those areas, it, it, it didn't dawn on us. But if you know that there are some areas where you've backslidden and you remind yourself that he's married to the backslider. And I said every married person goes home to their significant other. That means that even if you've backslidden, God will still come and say, hey. See, I, I, I had to make that plain because some of y'all wouldn't drink coffee on Tuesday. But God is such a loving God. He said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
I, I was meditating this week and I was uh, framing the outline of our worship experience and our, our, our sermon. And I was I remembered about a story that I, I seen a poster at my uncle's house. My my uncle had a house and he had the back room where, where the pool table was. The guys hung out and there was two guys. They, they seemed that they like they were they were giants. It was Muhammad Ali and it was George Foreman. It, it, it was a poster that Chris, when I looked at it, I. I got excited just simply looking at it, but I never really understood what was going on in the poster. But the poster began to signify, and it talked about one of the greatest uh, uh, battles, as, the, as they call it, in the century. It, it was about the, the, the rumble in the jungle. It was, and, and so now I, I'm looking at this, and, and Muhammad and, 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 and Foreman, they're getting ready to go against each other, and I'm looking at it, and as I got a little older, I remember watching Mike Tyson, and before every fight, they would always talk about the tell of the tape. They would always look at these two people that were involved, and they would list a lot of character, uh, characteristics of them. They, they would talk about where they're from. They would talk about how long their reach is. They would uh, talk about how, 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 how their record is, and they would talk about the differences between these two people, their fist size. If you ever go to, I think it's Buffalo Wild Wings, they have, and this is just a side note, hopefully I'll get back to where I but they have a picture of George Foreman's fist, and it's the actual fist that you can take your fist and put it up there, and you're like, man, there's no way in the world a man's fist can be that big. But, but, but they talked about the differences between these two people, and they uh, talked about how um, uh, uh, Foreman was an up-and-coming uh, uh, boxer, and, and then Ali had some things that went on, and I want to try to use that to paint a picture. I was intrigued uh, about the story of the rumble in the jungle, but then I had to go back and I really looked at the, the setup of it. And I began to say, it's just a boxing match. Why, why is it such a big deal? But when I looked at it, I realized that it was, I think about the battle happened in 1974. I wasn't there, but I think the 70s was still the greatest area ever uh, because they were cool. They had good hairstyles, cars, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so this was in 74, but I think it was in 67, something happened. Something happened. The Vietnam War. And it was around this time that Muhammad Ali was still walking around as the champion. He, he walked around and he was the champion, but because of some rules and some laws and uh, he not, him not enlisting in the draft, they came and they took his belt away. No longer the champ. Many of us have walked around life and we've had these highs in life where it seemed like things were well. It seemed like we were pleasing to God. We were doing everything that God has called us to do. And then we got our belt stripped away. You were on the straight and narrow and you were walking and you were pleasing God. And then you stumbled because remember a few minutes ago in Psalms 103, I said that we were what? We were weak and only dust. So your, your weakness caught up with you. Your, your dust caught up with you. And then when you were once walking around the champion, now you're in a place that if you're not careful, you'll drop your head and give up. And this morning, there's a lot of people that are in here, and I can see beyond your mask, and I can see beyond the facade, I can see beyond all of those things. And, and you're looking like you're the champion, but the fact of the matter is, you've given up your belt a long time ago. 
And God is saying today, today is the day that we're going to rumble in the jungle. And I went to the cross. And when I got to the cross, the battle that I had to fight for you, it entitled you to walk back again as a champion. But we didn't come to talk about Muhammad. We didn't come to talk about uh, Foreman. I, I, I came to talk about two people that walk with God. And if I can, I want to tell the tape of these two people. Jesus, knowing all things, he began to sat, he sat with Peter and he sat with Judas and he, he looked at both of them and he said, somebody sitting at this table right now is going to betray me. And they all asked the question, is it I? Is it I? And then Judas said, uh, Lord, is it I? And he said, thou hast spoken. Go and do it quickly. That's his, that's his tape. And we'll add a little more at the end. But, but, but then there was another guy who uh, Pastor Kevin referenced a couple weeks ago by the name of Peter. And he looked at Peter and he said, Peter, you're going to deny me. Before the cock crows three times, you're, you're going to deny me. Peter said, nah, not me. And see, if you're not careful, you'll put yourself in a place that you'll put more faith and trust in your own abilities and you will fall. And when you fall, you will put yourself so far away from God that you'll feel like you can never go back into his presence. Some of you guys are here today and, and you're here and, and God pushed you to be here and you thought it was just another worship experience. But God said, I, I strategically ordained this hour because I'm going to give you your belt back. You, you, you've been walking around too long not being who I called you to be, but today is the day that I'm going to call you back to the platform. I'm going to publicly declare in front of everybody that you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made and you're made in my image. That's what's happening today. Yeah, at all days, why this one? And it's because we get to a place that God has so much value inside of us that he says, if you can just hang around for just a little bit, I promise you I'll show up. All of us in here for the sake of time, we know the story. Judas went, he go, goes and betrays Jesus, and they give, them, they give him three pieces of silver. Matthew 27, it says that Judas got to a place that he was, he was so condemned within himself. He had to go back to the chief priests and the leaders. And he said, I've spoken an untruth against an innocent man. And they asked him, well, what you want us to do? And he threw the silver back down. And the story says he left. And he left and he went out to a field and he hung himself. Because of the condemnation that he felt. Some of us have made some Judas-type decisions. We, we, we've fallen short of God's glory, and while we didn't physically hang ourselves, we tried to put ourselves so far away from God's presence that it seemed as though God was no longer alive to us. And we had to fight life and do life by ourselves. Now, that's the tale of Judas's tape. He fell short of God's glory, he realized it, and he tried to fix it, and in trying to fix it, he went out and he took matters into his own hands. Now, some of us that are in here this morning, the matters that we took in our own hand was this. If I can just fix myself up just enough, it, I, I can put a mask on just enough that maybe nobody will see it and I can 
kind of sneak back into society. But secretly, I'm just going through the motions. But then there was, there was, there was Peter, cussing Peter, crazy Peter, my friend Peter. But Peter, even though he denied Jesus, he was like, oh. and he just kind of hung around. You remember the girl asked him, aren't you the one? He, he was always interested in just hanging around, kind of seeing how the rest of the story was going to unfold. But then after Jesus had came back, he began to talk to the disciples who continued to faithfully follow and trust him. He said, now, I, I need you to, to tell my disciples to come, but also Peter. See, there's something about you coming to church today, even though you really thought about doing some other stuff. He said, I want you to come. I want you to come. So Peter shows up, and what happens? Peter shows up, and the rest is history. The Bible says in the book of Acts that Peter began on the day of Pentecost. He, he preached a sermon, and over 2,000 souls were saved. And God began, Jesus began to speak to Peter. He said, listen, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But now these are the same two type of people. One's on this side of the tail, one's on the other. They had a choice to make. Do I take matters in my own hand? Or do I some kind of way just hang around long enough that maybe, maybe restoration, maybe restoration is in the works for me? Maybe, maybe, maybe God isn't as angry at me as I think he is. Maybe the, the, the condemnation that, that I'm walking in is, is self-condemnation and, and, and not something that God is putting on me to walk in. Maybe my ability to not lift up my hands has nothing to do with God not being pleased with me, but me not being pleased with myself. Maybe, maybe me, me, me being afraid of getting out on my knees isn't so much that God isn't attentive to me, but maybe it's me feeling like I'm afraid and, uh, of trying to pray to a God and, and, and having fear that he won't answer me. But if I'm a function in society, then, then I, I got to just figure out how to make this thing work and make myself look normal. And I'll put on a mask and I'll still come to church and I'll still be in the crowd, but, but, but I won't really give my whole heart to God. And God is saying today, I want to restore you. I want to redeem you. I want to look past all of that stuff. I want to show you that I'll come running down the road with a ring and a robe. I, I, I'll show you that I'm standing at the altar with my arms open asking you to come. I, I, I'll do that for you. And so here's the trade-off. The trade-off is, do I want to be more like Judas or more like Peter? Because ultimately, I believe that had Judas came to him, he would have forgiven him too. Because watch this. This, this, is how I, this is how I know it. I know it because I know it because of this. He said, go and do what you do and do it quickly, which meant that Jesus knew his ultimate end had to happen. 
So he understood that part of the plan was somebody was going to have to betray him and he had to get to the cross and all the way through the cross from the grave and back to the sky. He was going to complete his father's will. You don't remember uh, just the other week, Pastor Kevin said he was hanging on a cross. And that's a perfect illustration. One was hanging on this side. Another one was hanging on this side. And this one said, hey, this paraphrase. <laughs> hey, yo. I mean, I know we don't really know each other. I know you're probably dying for all of the other people. And listen, I was even convicted. So I understand if you say no. But I believe it's worth a shot. Just maybe. <laughs> Just maybe if you want to. Remember me when you get in paradise. And he said, stop dying for a minute. Hey, this day, Chris said, yo, <laughs> this day, you'll be with me in paradise. Because listen, I know who you are. I know your struggles. I know your shortcomings. I know everything that you did from the beginning to the end. Because, see, I was, I was talking to a Samaritan woman one time. And uh, she was at the well. And I told her, I said, if you give me a drink of water, I promise you the water that I drink of, you'll, you'll never thirst again. And she asked for it, and I gave it to her. So I'm dying for her, too, on the cross. You know, matter of fact, I even told her to go get a husband, and she told me, um, and, and then I had to remind her, the one that you with, he's not even yours. So I know all about you. But yet I'm, will, I'm still willing to give you a drink from my fountain by the way. And he looked over and he kind of just glanced. Hey, is he hard of hearing or something? I would have forgiven him too if he asked, but I mean, I don't know. But you know what? I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for the Samaritan woman. I'm going I'm to die for Pastor D. I'm going to die for every other person who's honest enough to say that I've not always done everything that God has called me to do. And when I go to the grave and I get back up again, all power is going to be in our hands. So you got a choice to make. If you know that there's something within you that's been holding you down, preventing you from walking into God's redemption. I want you to come up here to this altar now. I want you to come to this altar. Just he, he, He's here and we're going to make it personal. We're going to give you the opportunity. Yeah, come on, Miss uh, Kim. We're going to make it personal. But there's some other people that need to come because there's a part of you that's been so messed up that you've tried to fake everybody else out to make it seem as though all was well. But God is saying, I want to restore you. I know your shortcomings. I know your flaws. But I need you to be honest with yourself and then be honest with me. And when you do those things, then you'll see the power that I have manifested here in the earth. Restorations happen, redemptions happening at this altar right now. There's some others. You know who you are. 
Don't leave out of here not being redeemed. One of the worst things that you can do is get a coupon for a free meal to Ruth Chris that has an expiration date on it. And you never find time in your schedule to go and eat. We want you to come. We want you to come. We have ministry workers that are here to pray with you. We don't want you to leave out of here broken. That's the thing about Ember. We, we don't believe in having people come and leave the same way that they came. If, if, if you're going to be here, we might as well minister to you. We, you might as well open up and allow us to do what God wants to do in your life so that you can see the power of God manifested. You can't have an abundant life if you're not willing to open yourself up and be vulnerable to God and say, God, I submit myself to you.